<laughs> Have you ever wore the wrong clothes? <laughs> it's it's really kind of awkward. And um, you know, like like there's a black and white affair. You know, black and white tie, and you show up in, in a sweater. You ever done that? You're like, oh man, I didn't get the memo on that. Uh, or if, or better than that, you dress you dress for a warm day. You think this is gonna be great, and about noon, it just it just starts getting cold. Or all the buildings you go into. It's really cold, the air conditions, your goosebumps come up, and it's just a miserable day the rest of the day, right? How about this? And maybe maybe it's just me, I hope not, but have you ever had a bad dream, like a horrible dream, and in this dream, you, you rush out of the house, and you, you go, get on the bus, or you go out to eat, or you're sitting there or something, and you look down, and, and you don't have your pants on? <laughs> Anyone else? Or is that, is that just me? Maybe I should get checked out about that. I don't know. Um, or, or, or you're going about your day and you discover that, uh-oh, my shirt's inside out or, or you know, front side back or, or whatever. Have you ever had one of those experiences? Well, today, I'm going to take these off now because it's a little awkward. Today, I, I want to talk about what we're wearing. Uh, it's going to be a good conversation. Some of you are really dressed well today, and that's good. Uh, but I want to talk about what we're wearing today. Uh, Paul, in, in Ephesians, if you'll open up your Bible to Ephesians 6, towards the back of the book. Paul just finished teaching, and he just finished preaching. And if, you, if you've been here the last few weeks, Reed has been going through Ephesians. And, and what happens right here is Paul has been teaching all the way to, the, to chapter 6, He's been saying, here is the ideal situation. Like Christians, here is how I want you to live in unity and maturity as the body of Christ. And here is instructions on Christian living. So it's been, it's been good as we've been going up to this point. And we get to chapter 6. And as we look back on the whole book, the whole letter, we notice, and maybe Reed covered this, but we notice at the very beginning, the letter is written, and it doesn't say to a specific church. And so this letter could actually be written to any churches in the area. This letter could actually be written to us today at, at this church, because this letter isn't, isn't going in and saying, hey, church, you're bad, you've done this. Uh, you're wrong in this way, you're sinful in this way. And so it's just a general letter painting ideal situations. For example, marriage. If you were here, we talked, um, we talked about a husband and a wife and how that marriage is supposed to look like. And then also slaves and masters and how that relationship is mutual submission. So Paul, to this point, has been painting an ideal situation on how we as Christians are supposed to live. Have you been enjoying the series so far? Have you been enjoying the book of Ephesians? This is one of my favorite books. I love this book. And the reality as we come to chapter 6 is this, is that reality of evil is an active force. So I want to give a little example about this. It's, it's kind of like a credit card. You, you, you get a credit card, and it's one of those miracle credit cards because it's 0% interest, and there's no annual fee. You're thinking, this is incredible. This is ideal. I like this. Little did you know, though, in the small print, it says, yeah, if you don't pay on the third Tuesday 
of every month at exactly 2.23 p.m., your interest rate is going to go to 28% automatically. <laughs> Suddenly, you start paying attention, right? It's not so ideal anymore because this credit card suddenly has big consequences. And so I want to ask us today, are you taking this Christian life serious? Are you? Or are you, um, did you brung a knife to a gunfight? <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today. Brung a knife to a gunfight. Ephesians 6 uh, chapter uh, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20 is really what we're going to look at. And Reed called me a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, Aaron, I guess you didn't blow it too bad last time you were speaking here, so we want to have you back. I'm like, great. This is awesome. Like, you're wonderful. And I said, so, so what do you win? And he was Ephesians. I'm like, all right, I like that book. And, and then I said, so what exactly do you want me to teach on? He said, you'll be on Ephesians 6. Now, if you know Ephesians 6, it's talking about spiritual battle and spiritual warfare. And my first thought was, read you big chicken. Like, you <laughs> big chicken. Bring in me to talk about the spiritual battle and the heavy, heavy, absolute crazy stuff. I've been a pastor for a while. And uh, one of the things that, that is very, very true for me is I've spoken on this chapter multiple times. And it seems like there, there's just something set apart about this chapter because spiritual battle is very, very real. And I want you to know that this week I have been praying for you. I have been battling for you. And I feel like the message, I don't feel like, I know the message that God has for you today is so important that he tried to distract you this morning. He's been trying to distract you all morning. He doesn't want you to know about this battle. He even woke me up at 1 o'clock in the morning. I've been awake since 1, so I feel wired up. I've been battling for you. This message is so incredibly important. And, and I, I kind of want to put a pause on the message right now. And I want you to say, and I want to ask you a question. Reed, do you like him? Yeah. I love him. Yeah. He's an incredible guy. He called me uh, as he was about to hit Canada yesterday. And I was like, you, that's crazy. You're going to Canada. All right, that's good. And, and my thought is this. Do you pray for him? Do you really pray for him? I'm a guest speaker today, and Satan was battling with me and my family on behalf of you guys. I was wrestling and struggling this morning. Do you pray for Reed, for his family? And I, I want to go even one step further. We need his family down here. Like, we, yeah. we need his family down here. We need to pray that his house sells, that everything happens so Reed and his family can get down here and so we can march together in this battle. So my encouragement to you is this, is if you're not praying for Reed, if you're not praying for Eden, if you're not praying for the leadership of this church, please, I beg you, as a pastor, fall on your face on their behalf. Because it is a tough battle, and Satan wants to disguise you guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, and we're actually going to start at the very end, and it'll make sense, okay? So go to verse 19. Chapter 6, verse 19. This is Paul, and he's praying. And I want to ask you to do the same for me today, right now in this place. So if you would, just close your eyes, and I want this to be a prayer. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, 
words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So if you would, just take a few moments just to yourself and pray for me that the words that God gives are very clear. Amen. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, as Eden said, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith, which with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. I want to go back through and we're just going to hit some highlights because there's no possible way that we could do this these little verses in one Sunday. This is like a year's worth of stuff right here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back through it because like Bobby said, I have the mic. And so I'm going to go ahead and hit some things that I thought was, were really cool and jumped out at me this week. So go all the way back up and underline the very first part says, finally, be strong. Underline, be strong. I was looking at the words, be strong, and I was thinking, you know what? The battle, the battle is happening to us. If we are Christian, if we've given our life to Jesus Christ, the battle is happening to us. We don't actually have to go out and find it. It's coming to us. And so to be strong, we really need to have a life that uh, draws strength from Jesus Christ. And we need to daily be relying on that strength. It's the moments that we say, we're going to be strong because we are strong. Guess what we're beginning to do? We're beginning to fail. We're beginning to think that we're proud. We're beginning to think that we can do this thing on our own. See, this is a battle. I want to ask you today, what are you wearing? And I'm not talking funny goggles. I'm not talking what, what we're wearing physically. I'm talking what we just read through. Are you wearing all this armor that Jesus talks about, that Paul is talking about here in the Bible? Uh, Go to the next part, the armor of God, right? In verse 11, put on the full armor of God. Underline that, the armor of God part. Ephesians uh, 5.1, earlier in this chapter, it talked about this, said, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. And so if you look up, read, I was here a couple weeks ago listening to read it, and he put up some clip art 
that was really cool. And I thought, I can find some really bad clip art that's not pixelated and all that stuff. So here, here it is. This is my, my clip art. And, and look at this. This is, this is Roman, you know, Roman soldier. And I want, I want to leave that up for a little bit just so you can kind of, you know, have a, an image in your mind as to what we're talking about here. But being an imitator of God, God says, I want you to imitate me because this battle is so strong, you cannot do it on your own. You have to put on my armor, and it's the armor that we just spoke about. Okay, go to, go to the next part. Uh, I want you to underline the word stand. So put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. All right, this is a fun one. I had a lot of fun with this word stand. Because to stand means to what? It means to have strength. It means to have stability in the chaos and the conflict that's coming our way when life gets difficulty. What does stand mean? It means stand. And as I thought of that word, I thought, what are we standing against? There's a battle. And it's Satan and it's God, and they're battling. In, in, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse, uh, verse 14, Satan says, I'm a masquerade of light. I masquerade myself as light. But yet, Jesus, on the other hand, says this in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Do you see this battle that's going on? Satan's saying, I'm the masquerade of light. And Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. I want to point out something about Satan. He's known as the prince of darkness. Have you heard of that? He's known as the prince of darkness. What color is dark? Black. Black. Okay. It's good. What, co- uh, what makes up black? The color. It's the presence of every color. Yeah. He makes all the colors together. What are you going to get? Black. Okay, so, so if this is the case... There's a fact about Satan that he cannot create anything. He cannot create. All Satan can do is take what God's already created, and he can mix them up, and he can swirl them around, and he can cause confusion in our life. So he manipulates what God has already created. Here's a couple examples. He twists the truth. One, um, Jesus says, I've given you the earth. I want you to rule over it. You're going to eat from it. It's, I've given you everything that you need on it. That's what God says. It's beautiful. It's light. It's radiant. It's a full spectrum of color. Satan comes along and says, yeah, but I want you to abuse it, and I want you to take this stuff, and that's where addictions come in. All he can do is take all the colors and mix them together. So our light doesn't have light. We can't see the spectrum anymore. All we can see is black. And it's not until we know who Jesus is and we're in this battle that we can see the reds and the blues and the greens and what love is and what relationships are. Satan says, I masquerade myself as light. Jesus says, I am the light. If you know me, you know life. There's a, I went on a Disney cruise about about five uh, about ten years ago I guess, and on this Disney cruise it was really cool. We dressed up and we had to go to this this dinner thing and we went in to the dining room and everything was black and white. Have you ever been there? Has anyone been in this room? 
It, it's really neat. You walk in, everything's black and white. You, the, the servings and the wall and the waitresses and waiters, they all have black and white on. You're thinking, oh, this is a neat little feel. It's kind of, you know, retro or something. So you walk in, and, and little by little, what happens is the trees on the wall start turning a little green, and you're going, am I getting seasick? Uh, it just doesn't make sense. You're looking at it, and, and little by little, the sky starts turning blue, and, and, and the sun starts shining, and pretty soon, you don't even notice it, but the waiters and the waitresses have gone to the back somehow, and they've changed. Now they're in bright colors, and, and pretty soon, what started out as black and white, you end up in this room that's radiant. Like, it's full of color, and the music has changed from, like, moody, soft stuff to just, you know, it's full of life. This room is awesome. This is what Satan wants to keep you from. He wants to keep you in a life that is black and white and dull and has no meaning. He wants to keep you in a life that is dark. He wants to take all the beauty that God has created and mix it up because he can't create anything and say, here's your confusion. He wants wants you to think that your pain, that your anger, the stuff that you're going through is normal. It's okay. He wants you to think that you can handle it on your own. So we get to Ephesians chapter 6, and we hear of this battle, and this is for us. This is God saying, I'm painting color, and this is how to live life. Ooh, I like that. I want to point out something. Verse 11 and verse 13 repeat themselves. Have you noticed that? They repeat themselves. Verse 11 says, put on the the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then Paul, because he's like, I want to make sure you get that. He skips one verse and says it again. He says in verse 13, therefore, put on the, uh, therefore, put, where am I at? Therefore, (laughs) put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. It repeats because it's so important. So underline maybe those two verses. How do you like my, my thoughts and just random thoughts in this chapter 6? Uh, we're going we're gonna to do this chapter for the next two years. So hope, hope you're enjoying it. I, I want to tell you something before I start going through and pointing out a couple small things. It's this. Is practically these verses have worked in my life. If you need a testimony, there you go. Practically they've worked in my life. I dropped out of college to be a rock and roll star. It was awesome. And I played guitar for two months, so why not? I thought I could do this. So I moved to Miami, Florida. Didn't know anybody, didn't have a house, didn't have a band, didn't have a job. My parents loved that phone call. While I was in Miami, met some great guys that were Christian guys, and we started playing rock and roll Christian music. It was terrible, but I was passionate, man. It was horrible, but I was passionate. And we saw people begin to find out who God is. And because we were doing that, Satan started attacking. Started attacking me. Started bringing my head full of lies. And it was in Miami that I first began to study Ephesians chapter 6. So these verses are very, very practical. 
Because it was in those moments when I was at my lowest, battling as hard as I could, and Satan was like, I want to blind the minds of people. It was in my lowest that I would be driving down the road, and I would be crying, and I would, I would go through literally and put on this armor that I'm talking about. Have you done that? Have you gone through and, and done this? And, and here's some examples, okay? The belt of truth, and, and, and that's down in, in verse 14. The belt of truth. What happens if you don't have a belt on? It's embarrassing. Your pants fall down. You need that belt of truth. Everything that we have is on truth. And so in my mind, I'd be driving down the road, and I would say, God, I'm putting on my armor right now because it's a spiritual battle. And so I put on my belt of truth. Thank you for giving me truth. And then I would get to the next, pl- next part, the breastplate of righteousness, which is uh, in verse 14 as well. And I would picture physically putting on my breastplate of righteousness. And what does this breastplate protect? My heart. And every day when I drop my girls off to school that are 10 and 12, the thing I say is, girls, I want you to protect your heart because that's the wellspring of your life. When people are talking bad stuff, you don't need to let that in your heart. Protect your heart. As warriors, what happens if we don't have a breastplate? It's not good. We need a breastplate. And so I'd drive down the road and I'd say, God, I need this breastplate of righteousness. And then I would say, God, I want my feet fitted with the readiness. I want to put my shoes on so I'll go anywhere and everywhere, God. Do we do that? There's people that are hurting. And what do they need? They need the word of truth. And then I would say, God, here's my, my shield of faith. So when Satan is throwing arrows at me and trying to take me out. What's my shield doing? It's knocking them down. And then I'd say, God, here's my helmet of salvation because this is how I work. Maybe you're stronger mentally than I am, but I'm weak mentally. And so when I start doing something that's wrong or I'm not matching up to what I I think God has for me, I start getting in this self-defeating mode and, well, God, you don't love me because I did this or because I'm not doing this and because I'm not doing this or I've, I've done this bad thing, Satan starts to play with my mind and I'm like, I'm not good enough and I'm defeated and, and, and it just starts playing in my head. Does that ever happen to you? God says, no. He says, put on, put on that helmet of salvation because once you ask me into, into your life, I'm there and you are saved and I love you. And so the lies that Satan's given you, saying you're not good enough, you'll never amount to anything, no one can love me because I did this, those are lies because God says, I love you, you're strong, you're mighty, you're capable, I've given you everything that you need, you are victorious. I need that. <clears throat> Is that a good word? That's a really good word. And then we get to this part, and I'm driving down the road, and I put on my belt of truth, my breastplate of righteousness, my feet, my shoes, my, my shield of faith, my helmet of salvation. And I'm like, this is good, but now it's time to kick some tail. And I'll pull out my sword, and this is my sword of the Spirit, and this is offensive. This is the Word of God. And in the Greek, this word is rhema, which means the teaching or prophetic utterances, or actually gospel. And so when I pull out my, my sword, I'm saying, here is the gospel. Do you treat this like the gospel, like a sword? Do you read it? Do you study it? Do you memorize it? Do you put it in your heart? 
Because when Satan comes to me in those moments of despair, it's not me that pulls me out. It's God. And you know what pulls me out? It's usually God's word. The rhema. I want to ask you today, what are you wearing? We have the, you just hear, look here, there's some armor. Are you wearing this stuff in this battle? Are you dressed appropriately? Or is Satan looking at you and laughing? And like my cowboy friend that read his poem, he brought a knife to a gunfight. Is Satan looking at you and going, oh man, she brought a knife to a gunfight. How's that going to work out for you? Satan's looking at you and go, oh, I'm in that guy's head so much that he's bronging a knife to a gunfight. I like that word, brung. <laughs> brunging. <laughs> I'm just going to take a bad word and put an ingot on it. Sports teams all have uniforms. And if you show up in the wrong uniform, it's not going to work so well. How do you think high, di uh, high divers, high dives, high divers, you know, divers, how do you think they're going to do with their 10-point splashes if they're diving with hockey uniforms on? It's not going to work. I, I thought, man, I could have another illustration, and I grew up as a wrestler, so I thought I could wear my wrestling uniform today. <laughs> I have a feeling that would be the last time I spoke here, so I decided, I decided not to do that. I seriously want to ask you, are you um, wearing the right clothes? Are you prepared for this battle, or are you bringing <laughs> a knife to a gunfight? This picture right here, Thank you for putting that up, guys. Um, it, it, this picture is uh, Testudo. I, I just found this this week. Okay, so it's it's a Testudo formation, and it was used by the Roman legions. I love this picture. Look how the body is working together to protect itself from the front, from the sides, from the back, and even the top. Look at that. As Reed and I were talking about this chapter 6, one of the things he wanted, wanted me to say, if it fit in, was, man, all this armor is for us individually, yes, but it's for us corporately as a body. Satan wants to take you out. And if he can take you out, he will. Then if he's taking you out, then there's a piece that's missing in that body. All right? There may be a, an empty side that's missing. And if he can take you out, it's probably going to be really easy to take the next person out. And pretty soon, that whole formation is gone, and that whole formation is destroyed. I want to ask us today. There's a verse that says that we are to spur each other on to love and good deeds. You know what that means as Christians? That means we have each other's back. That means because we are Christians, I'm up late at night praying about Bobby. And I'm trying to get very creative on how I can spur him on to love and good deeds. And I am trying to protect him. And I am trying to love him. And I'm asking him, what are you wearing? 
Do you have your full armor on today? I'm asking him, did you bring a knife to a gunfight? Because I love him. And our body has got to be strong. I'm going to let you take the rest of this chapter and study it. Because I could go on forever and I won't. If you take this serious, you're taking this home. Like This should keep you up tonight. I'm skipping two pages of notes here. It should keep you up tonight as you're, as you're studying what this means. Look at that picture. Let that image sink in. If, if Satan can pick you up, you're defeated. I want us right now just to kind of close our Bibles and just kind of think about this. Close our eyes and really think about this. Now, what are you wearing? Do you have this full armor gear on? Or are you going into this battle like it's a game? Are you already feeling wounded? Are you? How's your heart today? If you're already feeling wounded, guess what? Jesus says, I am life, and I want to breathe life into you. It's okay. Cast all your cares, your worries on me. I'm Jesus. I got this. Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy and make this beautiful spectrum of colors into black and he wants your life to be lived in black. That's a lie. Don't believe that. Is Satan attacking your mind? Saying you're not good enough? Are you believing those lies? Because that's what they are. Is Satan attacking your heart? Your, your breastplate of righteousness isn't up where it should be. And so Satan is attacking your heart, wearing you out. Here's the good news. Jesus says, if you know me, you're a child of a king. You have everything to smile about. You're a child of the king. And you are a warrior. You're mighty. Satan can't have his way with you. You have the protection of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today, are you walking in his provision, trusting him? It's his battle. All we have to do is wake up and put our armor on and say, God, use me today. Is there a spring in your step? Is there light in your life? Jesus says you're capable, you're powerful, and if you're carrying a knife or wearing the wrong clothes, you put on that armor and you proclaim my victory, you throw down that knife and you pick up a gun, because this is a battle you've already won. So don't walk and act like you're defeated. God, thank you for this place. Thank you for bringing us here. I 
pray as, as we continue to worship and we sit in silence and we meditate on, on what you've given us or we clap our hands or whatever you're leading us to do. I pray that we jump for joy and there's tears in our eyes. And then for each and every one of us, you'll massage us like little children and say, we're mighty. We're a child of the King. God, thank you for this time. We give you praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen.